0: Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences and what they would never give up. So I'm so glad to have Zoe Chance here with me from New York. Welcome so much to my podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Vasna. Uh, I'm so happy also to meet you here in Milan, which is one of, my, one of the cities where I, I live. So it feels like welcoming you to my home. And just as a short, short intro, Jo uh, Chance is a persuasion expert. She examines persuasion and decision-making through the lens of behavioral economics. And her work is focused on helping good people and businesses to do good in the world. She's a professor at the Yale School of Management and her course How to Make Behavior Addictive is heavily in demand. So what would you say just to kick off what are the real real drivers of people's decisions and uh, behavior? The key insight that I learned
1: when I got I was working in industry, I got frustrated by all the things we didn't know and I came to study decision making and got a PhD and the biggest thing that I now understand is that the primary drivers of all of our decisions and all of our behavior are unconscious. And what that means is we can't, we can't just reflect on those and realize what they are because we can't perceive it to be happening. We only perceive the conscious, rational processes of decision-making. But it's our gut-fast first reactions that are actually very hard to change. And then consciously, we look for reasons to be able to do those things that we already want to do.
0: Very, very true. And that, and that's also, I guess, why why companies and brands are so, the ones that are really good at this, they're so good at connecting emotionally to people. Because that's where, like, what you call the gut feeling comes, that they yeah. trust and they want.
1: Yeah, it's, there's an idea in consumer marketing in particular, not as much in B2B marketing, that... All decisions are emotional, and we have to capture and captivate emotions. But what's interesting to me is that we only think of emotional decision-making in that one very specific consumer context, and we neglect that this is human psychology. So it's equally true in not just B2B marketing, but also leadership and everyone that we work with and everyone we're friends with and Mm. our families, our partners, our children, that Emotions, instincts, gut reactions, and also habit is similarly driven by this unconscious system. So this is the gospel that I'm preaching to connect the dots between consumer marketing and leadership.
0: And the students you, you are with at Yale uh, on an everyday basis and so on, why and how are they intrigued by this? So the course that I teach, the technical
1: official name is Mastering Influence and Persuasion. And it was so popular from the very first day that I started teaching it, obviously not because I was such a great professor, but just by the title, (laughs) because it's so desirable for so many of us to be more influential than we already are. And so many of us believe that we deserve to do better than we are, and we should be getting the opportunities that we deserve, but nobody has ever trained us how to look for those, how to advocate for ourselves, and beyond ourselves, how to advocate for the causes and the big issues that we really care about. Mm. So influence is power, and there are very few of us who wouldn't love to have a little bit more power than we already do. How do we connect authentically? I know this is cheating, but can I ask you because you run this podcast and you're a beautiful interviewer, how do you connect with people, yeah. all of the people that you meet? Do you, have, do you know what your secret sauce is? I would say purpose,
0: that we share the same purpose. Mm.
1: That's so interesting because um, when I teach this challenge that I call the empathy challenge, it's connecting with someone who we completely disagree with about something that we really care about and the way of doing that is Mm. listening for and identifying their values
0: Mm.
1: and then having a conversation about values, which almost all of us share even if they're in a different order. Mm. We ultimately care about the same basic things Mm. like freedom and love and truth and security. Mm. So I haven't reflected about how do you connect deeply with someone, but
0: I completely agree with you. And also when you look at companies and brands, when I see brands that are very good at actually connecting to their people, whether it's, you know, employees or clients or and so on, and they're therefore also very successful, it lies in exactly this, that they have similar wavelengths of of values actually with their people. And why would they even know what values they have if they're not personally interacting? Is because they're so good at ...somehow expressing it through everything they do and everything they say... ...that it comes across. You pick it up.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would say in addition to that fundamental deep layer of connecting on values... ...in order to effectively connect with employees and customers... ...there also needs to be a level of respect that we don't always see. And particularly with customers, there's a lot of transactional influence... Mm -hmm. ...where we're many organizations end up just trying to suck money out of their pockets. And then with employees, many organizations just end up trying to suck attention and time and ability from those people. Like, mm-hmm. how can we get more, right? How can we get more money from our customers? How can we get more yeah. time and work for our employees? So I think that we need to have both in order to get respect. We need to be worthy of
0: it. Mm-hmm. And, and next year you will release a new book on, on influence and. Persuasion, right? Yes. I'm not supposed to talk too much about it because oh. it's down
1: uh, okay. the pipeline, but I'll just share the basic idea of it and the reason that I've ended up writing this book. Yeah. The general topic of the book is influence for nice people. When I started teaching this class at Yale, And I was giving students challenges every single week. They go out into the world and they do four challenges and then they reflect and write about them. And I was learning how many misconceptions they had about influence and how many concerns and insecurities they had about it as well. So I wanted to write a book for all of us who think that influence works the advantage of the power hungry and the greedy and the manipulative and people we don't want to be like. And this is a book for people like us who want to be able to influence in a way that we would want to be influenced.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is the basic idea of it. And the a key message is that people like us alone we can be taken advantage of, but when we identify each other and we work together in groups in the long run, we can overcome even the most formidable rivals.
0: Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait to, to, to read your book. What would you uh, describe as your, your passion, you know, that thing that you're also willing to suffer for if needed?
1: My mission is exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. and it's helping smart well-intentioned people become more influential so that they can change the world and make a difference this mm. is all that i do all day every day i teach about it i speak about it i write about it i read about it it's really really everything that i do and it brings me so much joy every time I hear back from a former student or a workshop participant to say, here's how I put that into action and did this thing in my life. And I love it equally to hear, here's how I used that tool and I got a raise, or here's how I used that tool and we're fighting propaganda in an authoritarian country making a difference in the world and making a difference in our own life, to me, it's all equally important and we need to be able to do both. Mm. So this is my
0: obsession. I I have, um, you could say, a vision with everything I say and do uh, in my life, which is really to someday, maybe it's not even going to be happening in my lifetime, but someday to have all, all companies that we have on Earth to be humanity, Plus driven. Mm. Okay, So everything and anything they do and say should only be for for the benefit of the whole of, of, of humanity itself, so to say. And I, I would guess that today we have maybe 10, 10 15% of those existing companies um, working on that wavelength. And then we have a big chunk in the middle, maybe 60, 70%, that are like more positive, neutral somehow, in a neutral space. Um, so I'd like to transform as many of those as possible to go in the other direction. Yes, in terms thank of pers- you for doing this work. <laughs> yes, in terms of, of, of persuasion and so on, we we're talking about how can we be better at transforming more companies into these humanity plus engines?
1: I love the phrasing of humanity plus engines. Mm. That's awesome. It's so hard for junior people to transform companies and I don't think that they can and as a teacher of MBA students who many students come to Yale because in the United States at least Yale is the most socially minded business school Our mission is educating leaders for business and society, and we take and society really seriously, but then the jobs that they go into are so often dissatisfying because they're working for companies who might pay lip service to a mission like that, but that's not really how they operate. And because junior people are not going to change the culture, most often what happens is they end up leaving. What a lot of them are doing is starting startups and then some of them grit it out and they stay and we're, we're each able to influence the people below us, right? So as we rise into management, we can influence all of the people who work for us to some degree, the people who work with us and millennials as a generation are holding a higher standard, so much of a higher standard of this humanity plus way of thinking mm-hmm. that as a whole and as a group they're just going to refuse to work for companies who aren't doing that. And increasingly customers also are refusing to buy from companies that they see really not serving the mission of all of us. But because the money is so deep and so just piles of money in companies that are grabbing for it, I don't see it as a short-term change. I see this as taking the rest of humanity's life that we're working on this mission, but it's a good one.
0: Is there any particular company or brand that comes to mind that you admire because they, they do most things right?
1: One of the companies that I admire so much right now is a company called Beyond Meat that's making plant-based meat. And what they've done that's genius and brilliant, where they are shifting the way people are thinking about meat substitutes, is instead of marketing to vegetarians or potential vegetarians and trying to take market share from a black bean burger, they're not shaming or blaming anyone, and they're marketing their product as, as meat. It's just a plant-based meat. It happens to be healthier, but they never say in their marketing that this is healthier than meat mm-hmm. because people have an idea that something healthy doesn't taste as good. And they're never going to say in their marketing materials, and this is better for the environment. They let everyone else who's talking about the cattle industry and the environment do that messaging for them. And they also refuse to work with anyone who would be perceived as elite. So their thought leaders won't be chefs, they won't be Hollywood, they won't be Hollywood chefs or celebrities, but they will be of the people, they will be athletes, they work with the military, and they work with fast food restaurants. So they're shifting a whole paradigm of thinking and doing something great in the process. And they had an IPO a couple of months ago, um, that was vastly financially successful. So Mm -hmm. that's just one example of Mm -hmm. a company that I'm super excited about. And I wish I had invested
0: in If you would assume that you have all doors open and all resources available to you, what would you rush to innovate or change? You know, whatever sector. Wow.
1: Probably because I work in education, but I work in education because I care about education. And I would definitely, definitely invest in education, specifically to have kids get training instead of in memorizing things in flexible thinking and in soft skills relating to people, learning the things that we uniquely as human beings can do that aren't going to get automated out of existence. And I think there's a huge gap in what education looks like and the skills that we're going to need in Mm. the future. So Mm. I'd focus on the kids.
0: Great idea. I totally agree. Actually, recently I spoke to uh, a girl, Raya Bichakri, um, who is working on this mission that could mm. be very interesting for you awesome. to, to follow. She is fantastic. Thank you. But if you could give like one piece of advice to leaders out there, what would it be?
1: The advice would be that you're probably wrong and people know you're wrong, but they're not telling you that you're wrong because they're scared and to figure out how to have them feel comfortable letting you know when you're wrong.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really profound. What is a good way to to find out?
1: Unfortunately, it takes a a lot of personal transformation and even a cultural shift, Mm. but one way to start is just letting people know that you know that you're wrong. It would be such a gift to you if they could let you know when that happens, and you might get upset because you won't be able to help it. But what you can help is you will
0: never punish them for it. Mm. Yeah, there has to be a a trust, yeah, complete trust. And um, what do you think is the absolutely most important thing for companies to focus on right now? Climate change,
1: really. And this is one of the first times that companies have had to really, really, really consider the long run. Mm -hmm. And we've been looking at climate change from the perspective of what is it going to cost. But there's so many economic opportunities to be had that the companies that will succeed in the future will be looking for how can we profit from these changes while we're serving the mission of humanity plus. I Mm -hmm. think these are the only companies that are ultimately going to succeed in the long run.
0: And just the last question, but uh, I guess a big one. Uh, What do you think the world needs most at this time? From my perspective,
1: the world needs most to be hearing from more people and less just from influencers like me in a small way, like social media influencers in a bigger way. The world needs to be able to create a more democratic marketplace of ideas and the way that information is shared these days is so consolidated and hierarchical that we miss out on most of the knowledge that exists
0: Mm. and and there's a big power in asking the right questions as well right Mm. so what is that right right question that we all should ask ourselves what do you think
1: I'll just share with you very personal practice of the question that I ask myself, which is every time I sit down to write, I have what I call my Nietzsche journal, and I write one page of prompts that every sentence starts with, I do not deny. And I just write, I do not deny, I do not deny, I do not deny. And this is my process for shedding light on my own self-deception. I've mm-hmm. researched self-deception and this has been the personal practice that came out of it. Mm-hmm. But if we can all shed a little bit of light on those
0: things that we don't want to see, I think it'll help us a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. How, how was it to be on the podcast? Thank you, Vasna. I
1: really appreciate it. And your questions are so profound. I felt like you like helped me go to a much deeper level of thinking and feeling and both deep and up in the big picture.
0: And I will really love to hear your podcast. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing. And to find out more, um, where can people head to find out more about your work? My website is zoechance.com. Beautiful name, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. I'll tell my mom. (laughs) And, uh, and you will also find links and show notes on corporateunplug.com. Uh, and remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast and share this episode with people you know would benefit from hearing this. Please rate and review the podcast if you enjoyed it. And thank you for listening. And until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Ciao. Grazie.